Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. Wakey, wakey! It's time for another Victorian day. Meet Daphne, a typical Londoner of the 19th century. She and her husband, John, are ordinary Victorian people. Despite common 21st century rumors, they didn't marry young. Actually, back then, Few people married earlier than at the age of 22. Getting up would be way easier if it hadn't been that cold in their house. Daphne and John aren't that well off, so they couldn't afford the Victorian-style central heating, which is a coal fireplace plus iron gates. Still, even wealthier classes who have it don't really fancy lighting that one, since heating is quite pricey. So the only thing to keep Daphne and her Victorians from Victorian permafrost is an old rug. Yeah, you don't want to step on the floor barefoot. To top all that off, due to the complete absence of in-room ventilation, the air in any Victorian house is often quite stuffy. So the doctors advise opening windows overnight to let all the nasty smells out. Daphne usually wakes up alone as her husband is a factory worker and needs to be punctual. For that purpose, he uses the services of knocker-uppers. These guys wander the streets early in the morning and casually tap on the window panes. That's a pretty economical alternative to watches and clocks. For a fresh start in a stand-up makeshift shower each morning, all Daphne needs is a bowl, a slop pail, and a piece of cloth and some soap. The main ingredient is a jug of hot water to make the whole morning routine less stressful. Also, Victorian soap just won't lather in cold water. A nice hack. It's easier and warmer to wash your body part by part. As for a beauty routine, sure thing there were no nail salons. But even if there had been some, they couldn't have been very popular among working-class women. Rose-pink nails and soft skin were a badge of idleness, which wasn't fancy at all. On the contrary, Victorian noble ladies did have certain rules for their nails, No specks or ridges. The nails should be oval and no nail color was allowed. While ladies used lemon to keep freckles away from their hands, working-class women like Daphne opted for lard to soften up their skin. Daphne and many other Victorian women work from home. Nope, she doesn't have a dozen of Zoom calls each day, but she's pretty good at sewing, so she can work in pajamas just like many people do today. Unlike his wife, John works a 16-hour shift at a factory, and that's completely fine for the Victorian era. But if he were a lawyer, he'd work less, 
from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. The upper-class gents usually did their business from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Without a smartphone, John can't call an Uber, so he has to walk a whopping four miles to and from work each day. Instead of taxis, there were horse-drawn carriages. But such journeys could even hurt the people because of the lack of suspension. And the seats were small and uncomfortable. There were also horse-drive omnibuses. But passengers complained that whenever a horse suddenly stopped, they could be easily pitched off into the road. Hey, do you skip breakfast or hastily grab something before you go, just like John does? If so, it's something you have in common with Victorian workers. Their breakfast often depended on the reachability of their place of work. If it was an easy walking distance, they could share a hearty hot brekkie with their family. If not, the morning meal was quite fast and not that exquisite. Now let's make a short quiz for y'all on a typical working class Victorian breakfast. A. An avocado toast with a smoothie. B. A croissant with a cappuccino. C. Bread and barley based drink with foam. Yep, that was bread, or sometimes porridge. Depending on the area in England and that barley drink better known as beer, which was believed to be packed with vitamins essential for another hard day. Bonus, it didn't require cooking. Sort of Victorian fast food. However, many people did prefer tea. Plus, coffee and cocoa started to gain popularity too. On the way to work, John got splashed by a carriage. Ah, I'll just go and change then. There's nothing better than to wear a fresh shirt with a hint of that flower-scented softener, he thought. Just kidding. There was no flower-scented softener. His wife Daphne never heard about a washing machine or softener either, and no one loved doing laundry back then. The main reason why people disliked it so much was because this basic procedure could take up to three days. Anyone who had an extra penny would definitely pay someone else to do it. Problem number one, no hot water in the houses. Problem number two, whenever people heated water for their laundry, it impeded all the cooking in the house. No free space in the kitchen. The laundry always started with checking the clothes for holes to mend them before the vigorous process of washing. Then the clothes required some soaking. Saturday was typically a soaking day. This process could take ages since some substances like mud could easily be dissolved in water, lucky John, and others needed more time. The only stain remover available was washing soda. By Monday morning, the clothes were well-soaked and ready for washing. Some people used soap on spots where the grease concentrated, like collars, but soap was quite pricey. Next came dollying, wringing, and hanging the whole batch to dry. At the very least, the clothes would be used again by Tuesday. This procedure applies to cotton. Things were somewhat harder with wool. And imagine having delicate clothes back then. Let's say corsets. Tight corsets, by the way, weren't that popular in the Victorian era. Yeah, some people in that era claimed a tiny waist was achievable only with a regular application of tight corsets. But women wore them not as a fashion statement. Victorian doctors believed that it was a corset that could help have a healthy posture and that it could help keep the internal organs in the right alignment. Daphne is not a big fan of corsets, but she can sew you one. In Victorian times, the color of clothes sometimes depended on the laundry. The thing is, white clothes could be boiled and bleached better than those of bright colors, so the youngest ones were often wearing white to easily remove the stains if needed. The older they grew, the more intense colors they got. 
Fun fact, as a paler version of red that was considered to be a strong and masculine shade was intended for boys. Girls preferred blue colors instead. Around the 1940s, the situation changed and pink began to be associated with girls. Daphne often makes those pink and blue clothes too and earns about 10 shillings a week, just like other seamstresses. With this money, Daphne could easily pay the weekly rent of six shillings. The rest she could spend on food or whatever she needed. With one shilling, she could buy enough tea for a week. Five loaves of bread cost about 12 pence, aka one shilling too. Good news for vegetarians, 12 pence could get you about 18 pounds of veggies. A sack of coal cost about a shilling too. Now you understand why Daphne and John didn't have the fireplace. You don't want to literally burn your money. Also, for a shilling, John could buy a new outfit in case his old clothes didn't make it through a vigorous washing after a carriage splash. Going back to the facilities, what about toilets? Well, the first public toilet in England was opened in 1851, and there were even shown at the Great Exhibition that year. The Victorian toilets usually had S-bend pipes. Their purpose was to keep the odors at bay, as bad smells were believed to be dangerous for health, not to speak about nasal discomfort. But these were again a luxury. Ordinary flats and rural houses had something less comfy. Sorry, Daphne didn't reveal what kind of toilet she had. In the evening, there was of course no TV, or even light. As soon as the sky turned dark, it made no sense to stay awake it actually cost a pretty penny. Candles and oil for lamps weren't cheap. Daphne finished another dress in the afternoon, so there was no point in burning a candle. Good night.